Hey, happy Tuesday. It's Dominic D'Angelo of adfreeshows.com, sescoops.com, and I am here with former WWE writer at WWE creative underscore ish, Robert Karpolis. Robert, how are you, man? I'm doing great, Mike. You got it right. I'm so, got it right. I'm so proud of you. Uh, you. You really knocked it out of the park here. Thanks, everyone, for, for tuning in to Rumor and Innuendo Live. Give a couple shout-outs here to some folks who are joining us in the chat room. Uh, Joseph Wade Waters says, Ahoy, ahoy, gentlemen, uh, which, as we all know, was the original way Alexander Graham Bell wanted people answering the phone. And also, <laughs> Christopher Zanto says, Good morning from the greatest country on God's green earth, R.I.P. Oli. He doesn't specify what country. I'm going to guess Luxembourg. So thanks for our, our, our number one Luxembourgian <laughs> fan, Christopher Zanto. Uh, and uh, as always, uh, Jim Broderick here saying, uh, Good afternoon. Is it Billy and the CW Tuesday? Funny enough, CW News, uh, yesterday, Shawn Michaels and Triple H were uh, part of a, a presentation at CW, met with a number of executives to talk about the future of NXT. So there's a little bit of CW stuff for you. Will we get to the Billy stuff later? That's up to Dominic D'Angelo, man. This guy is steering the bus. Dom, what do we got on tap today? Let me tell you, yes, I will be steering the ship, but... Uh, Potentially Billy, the conversation may lead to ship. <laughs> right? <laughs> like Speed 2. Like Speed 2. Hey, there's a little bit of TNA news. Uh, maybe some future plans with not only maybe a location, but a future star in the mix. Uh, we're going to talk about the new creative, uh, new director of character development in WWE. Uh, obviously, we're going to talk about the passing of Ole Anderson. But first, we're going to kick things off with uh, the ongoings of WWE Raw on Monday night uh, yesterday. Uh Big uh, show for Drew McIntyre. Ended up a really compelling, I think, ending segment with Cody Rhodes and Paul Heyman. Uh, Robert, what were your thoughts on uh, Monday's program? Anywhere in particular you want me to start? or Wherever you want. Well, I have Drew McIntyre leading off, but however you want to go about it, Robert, I can I can uh, tailor it. So here's what I liked about the Drew, the Drew segment. Um, what's interesting here is the world title picture – Slightly in flux because Seth Rollins still not fully medically cleared to wrestle yet. They haven't announced that he's he's good to go. Drew McIntyre uh, was injured at Elimination Chamber. He was he was hit in the ear, said he had a busted eardrum. So I think they found the best way possible to get these guys in a ring together without any sort of physicality. And it's Drew as this new character, which is the only guy who watches WWE programming. Um, that used to be Kevin Owens's gimmick for a little while. It's now Drew, who is saying, hey, you and I have got a, a world title match. Let's focus on that. Let's, you know, if you mess with the bloodline, we know what happens. They're going to interfere. It's going to taint our match. Just, just don't do that. You focus on me. I'll focus on you. Leave all that alone. It, it's almost as if he's in the booking meetings where he's saying, guys, I'm begging you, please, let's pretend that my world title match is almost as important as what's going on there with the bloodline, but he sells it so well and you know, it's disingenuous. So it makes right. it even more fun. Uh, and, and more impressively is the fact that he's able to sit. I, I know the term now is crisscross applesauce. When I learned from my kids in school, able to sit crisscross applesauce in the ring, that can't be very comfortable to sit like that, Dom. But what did you, what'd you think of uh, Mr. McIntyre and his, his segment? <laughs> 
Drew is running on all cylinders right now. It's really great to see him. Uh, it, one of the, I think the best current heel in the business by, by a landslide in a lot of ways, I would say, because yeah, he plays into the storylines of all the aspects that are going on. Uh, he's very manipulative, um, very condescending, um, and like just keeps hammering away at CM Punk, who, who at this moment in time can't physically do anything. So it's, He's really like hitting the fans uh, in a sore spot, I think. And um, the confrontation with Rollins, I thought, was really, really well done. Uh, Drew pleading his case. And then Rollins kind of making an intriguing case for himself about, like, you know, how he realizes there's more to uh, life than just himself and being a champion. But he has a family and understands the landscape of WWE and what the bloodline can do, uh, like, and how they can affect WWE moving forward. So I think... They hit a lot of good uh, engaging points that really put put this feud moving forward to the next level. When we when we're going to get to see, I, I'm sure we're going to get some petty aggressiveness on Drew McIntyre's part for the fact that Seth Rollins just chooses not to listen to him and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I think it's very set up. And heck, next week we're going to get Drew McIntyre and Jey Uso too. So another intriguing matchup to kind of look forward to in that regard. So yeah, I mean the the set stuff to me was a lot less effective. I'll I'll oh, be honest, that's... just because he's talking about the bloodline like they're the NWO, like they're this outside invading force that's trying to seize power and take over. And there's an army of guys you have to fight back. It's four guys and Paul Heyman, and one of those guys is already on the board of directors. So it's not going to matter one way or the other. It, it felt like a, a late 90s Nitro-style promo from Seth to try to make it feel like it is this far more dramatic quest than it actually is. So I found that a little less compelling. But then again, I've found Seth in this babyface role significantly less compelling just because that's not naturally who he is. When you're flashy and showy and, and kind of obnoxious and smarmy, that's Seth Rollins, this earnest baby face this guy talking about his daughter talking about got to do what's right for the company it feels like a disconnect and the reason why that concerns me is i know you're in you're in pittsburgh you're in you're in western pennsylvania Correct. when you go further east to the philadelphia area those people but love them all they're great bloodthirsty monsters from hell absolutely and they will boo the hell out of somebody who says, I love my wife. I love my kid. Yes. Uh, I'm doing what's best for the company. They're going to, these people have thrown batteries at Santa Claus. I think they're going to wind up cheering the hell out of Drew. I think you're going to wind up with an unintentional uh, double turn here. You know what? That's a very interesting point. I had a friend uh, who called me yesterday just out of the blue uh on the phone and was like i think seth rollins is gonna backstab cody rhodes and he made it just by the simple handshake that they had at elimination chamber uh it's you know and yeah i i can kind of agree with you and you know what to your point about um him bringing up the kids and family chad gable did that earlier in the evening too so it didn't pack as much as of a punch i felt too when when like seth said it and stuff like that and i think that's it can be kind of a little bit of a crutch, I think, with some some uh, talents today where they mention their family. And, yeah, you want to get personal and make it real and all that stuff. But, you know, also it's about blood and guts and uh, good versus evil, all that kind of thing. So It is. Love the comment here from Steve Chambers. It says, uh, Peacock will be pitch black more because of Philly. We saw this happen at Elimination Chamber. The fans were giving the one-finger salute to uh, Dominic Mysterio, and uh, they went – they cut the screen black. I have a feeling that all 
eight hours of WrestleMania is going to be black and muted <laughs> thanks to the the kind decorum in the city of brotherly love. Uh, the the other, I guess, big takeaways uh, from Raw, they uh, they they had the Cody main event segment with uh, Grayson Waller and then Heyman coming out. Heyman with like three guys is like, oh, these are off duty cops. That felt a little weird too. Yeah, it, that's felt, too. it felt a little disjointed. It felt like, well, we'll just put Paul and Cody out there and hope for the best. And then not not a lot happened. It's mm-hmm. like they I get you don't want to overscript, but it felt like they didn't have anywhere to go. Cody was trying to remain calm and then got like really angry and tried to fire up. I like the idea that Heyman has two phones, one reserved for calling Roman Reigns stickers, and one for two calling the rock. Stickers on the phones. That's that's cute. I like that little that little touch. I am always happy to see Heyman there. Um, it did strike me odd when they said, "Oh, it's going to be a Cody Grayson Waller main event." But I will give them uh, credit. This is a very tired crew. They were in Australia on Saturday. That is a uh, a ninety one hour flight to get back over here. Uh, these these people need uh, they they need some they need some sack time, Dom. And uh, if you need some sack time, but you're not tired, may we recommend our friends at Blue Chew? Because this episode is brought to you by Blue Chew. Guys, let's talk about sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. BlueChew.com. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. No visits to the doctor's office. No awkward conversations and no waiting in line at the pharmacy because, guys, Blue Chew wants to help you have better sex. Blue Chew wants you to finish your story in the bedroom. (laughs) So you can discover your options at bluechew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special offer for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code ROOMER at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code ROOMER. To receive your first month free, visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank BlueChew for sponsoring this podcast. Chew it and do it, baby. Oh, look at you throwing the catchphrase in there at the end. Uh, You're you're piling in like the challengers coming after Gunther. Right? I was like, I like this aspect because, you know, we talked about the predictability and there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But I think that it's a cool added aspect to have, Hey, who is going to face Gunther at WrestleMania and who has, you know, will one of these guys top them off? Like, like this historic reign that he's going on. Uh, there's several names that, uh, that they teased in the mix. Sammy, uh, Sammy, K- oh, geez. Oh my God. Sammy Zayn, Chad Gable, Damian priest, dirty Dom Mysterio, and maybe even Andrade or Robert, where do you see this kind of laying out? How do you, uh, how would you, how would you book this all? I like that there's an authenticity going on here. That was sort of one of the under undercurrents of Raw was all of these people desperate trying to find their place in the broader WrestleMania card. So Gunther is obviously a path, an option. You can challenge Gunther for the Intercontinental title. You're going to get a match. 
Sami Zayn beating Shinsuke Nakamura on Raw says, hey, I belong here. I'm a contender. I should be challenging for this title. Chad Gable laid out his case, made his daughter cry, man. You want to you want to see him punch that dude in the face. Uh, Gunther name dropping Miz, name dropping R-Truth, Andrade floating around out there, Dominic Mysterio. There was that confrontation with Judgment Day and Imperium that, again, I was not super intrigued by. I don't love the heel versus heel uh, face-off situation. It reminded me a little bit, it's very WCW reference heavy day for me, uh, when they had like the Dungeon of Doom and the Four Horsemen feuding. Yeah. The crowd doesn't really know exactly where they want to go. I understand that Priest could always, you know, become a babyface splinter off from the group and and that he's someone I know they're very high on, but I, you know, I I don't know. I get beyond I can't think beyond like they want intrigue of who's gonna face Gunther. We've been saying here for a while, Sami Zayn is the most logical choice. I don't see any reason to deviate from that, but you got a long road. You got 39 days from today until WrestleMania. You can tell the story on Raw of these guys going after uh, the number one contendership. Don't bring a ranking system. Please, no. for the love of God, no ranking system. Let's not do that. Uh, the only ranking system we need to hear about is this 2K24, uh, which is great. It's great promotion. I love that. It's like yeah, they put it up there. Very good idea. They talk about how the guys care about it. Like, that's kind of fun. That's really all the math that I want. And, and longtime fans of the show know I'm not here for the math. No, you're not. You're not. Uh, what we are here for is paying homage to a lot of wrestlers, um, whether they are current or they could be legacy stars. And we did lose a legacy star uh, last night or yesterday. Uh, Ole Anderson. Now, he was somebody that was before my time. Uh, I was I realized I was five when he like was retired or booking for WCW. And I was like three when he actually retired. So uh, but. Such a historical figure in the business. Uh, one of the first original Four Horsemen. Uh, Robert, what are your thoughts about Ole Anderson and his legacy? So I saw online uh, when Ole passed. It was it was on, on Twitter. Uh, Sam Roberts was the first tweet that I saw about it. And I made a joke that we will know that Vince McMahon is truly gone if they acknowledge Ole Anderson on air. And sure enough, Michael Cole announced the passing of Ole. There was a graphic. I don't know how much you know about like Ole's interaction with the McMahons, but kids, Google what Ole Anderson said to Linda McMahon. Um, don't don't look at it at work. Don't look at it at school. It is rough, and I'm glad that Ole Anderson lived long enough to see that Vince was the man that he always thought he was. But the He's he comes from a different era where the biggest criticism of Ole Anderson was he was a cranky curmudgeon who hated everyone. <laughs> yeah. He was the living embodiment of the internet wrestling community. Uh, I hate everyone. I hate everything. This all sucks. This is all stupid. But he was also the voice of the Black Scorpion because he knew that you have to kind of pander. So he got to see the devil storyline, and I'm pretty sure that's what put him in the ground, Dom. <laughs> Could have been. Um, he did have some uh, legendary names uh, paying him homage to. Uh, Ricky Morton ended up saying, uh, Ole Anderson's passing is a somber moment for the wrestling world. 
Ole was not just a colleague. He was a formidable opponent, a respect respected veteran, and part of wrestling history. Our battles in the ring were intense, and the memories we created together will always be cherished. Ric Flair also commented. He said, I am forever thankful to Ole and Gene for bringing me into the Crockett Promotions as a cousin. Flair wrote on X, it launched my career. I will be grateful forever for you for giving me the opportunity to become who I am today. We didn't always agree with each other, but the honest to God truth is you and Gene started me. Rest in peace, my friend. So, yeah, polarizing figure, uh, very curmudgeon -y. There was a great story from uh, Conrad Thompson's friend, uh, ref, uh, Super Dave. <laughs> he ended up saying that he was in an elevator hammered uh, with Ole Anderson and just outright said, I love you, Ole. And Oli said, I love you too. And so I thought that was pretty, pretty funny. Oli Anderson, one of those guys, not warm and fuzzy, not somebody that people are going to, uh, I mean, outpouring of, of support of what a great guy he was. Uh, but undoubtedly one of the most important figures of the last 50 years of wrestling, his establishment of the horseman, uh, his, his, his booking, the, the zealig way that he's existed throughout the business. I'm kind of excited for your podcast uh, to hear what uh, Greg Gagne and Magnum TA have to say about Ole Anderson. I will be, uh, I'll be listening intently for that. I doubt uh, RVD had many interactions with Ole, but you never know. You never the, know. You really don't with Rob, especially the old, the old timer wrestlers that I spoke to last night, all kind of said the same thing. He's a grumpy bastard, but honestly, in, in 2024, with the other stuff floating around around other people, if that's the worst thing you can say about the guy, so be it. But right. surprised that they announced, that they mentioned it on air. Pleasantly surprised. I know he's not in the hall. They said even if he were to be asked, I think Arn Anderson said, like, you know, even if they asked him, he probably would have told them uh, politely where they can stick the Hall of Fame ring. But, uh, yeah, here we are. Yep. R.I.P. Oli. It was uh, 81 years old, everybody. So um, good run. Very uh, legacy left in the good game. run. <laughs> wow. Legendary run. Can I say how about that? Hey, somebody else might be set up. You never know for a legendary run. Might be in character development here coming up. Uh, Rob Fee uh, was a, was happy to announce on, I believe, X that he had some exciting news. Last year, I moved to Florida to be able to work with talent directly on every aspect of their characters. Today, my title is officially WWE Director of Character Development. So honored to work with our incredible team and the best roster of talent imaginable. Uh, Rob Fee, a uh, pretty cool move. Robert, we talked about a couple episodes ago how uh, there's a crossover of comic book fans and wrestling fans. And Rob actually was a writer for the Avengers, for Spider-Man, and for Daredevil. And if you know comic books, they always tell you to follow the writer. Don't necessarily follow the, you know, characters or anything. Like, follow the writer that you go by. And Hey, you know, this seems like a good move by WWE, does it not? Yeah, I've, I've known Rob for a while now. Huge fan of, of him, the way that he thinks, the way that he analyzes stuff. We saw in small part, what he was able to do with, with the fiend, especially when it came to hiding those QR codes, putting those little, uh, you know, Easter eggs throughout various episodes. He thinks, uh, critically about how, how wrestling works and the idea is to build momentum and help these guys understand the, the motivation behind what they're doing, that you don't have the same sticky gimmick stuff that you used to have 
30, 35 years ago. And I think the product is, is better for it. Uh, I remember as a kid being embarrassed when I would go to school and be like, Oh, I'm a, I'm a wrestling fan. And then you're like, they tune in, they see like Duke, the dumpster Drose and, yeah. and TL Hopper and the repo man and it's undertakers, like, you know, zombie stuff. Like I get that it has a place, but I think the idea is help these guys better understand and hone their character, their characterization, their motivation behind what they're doing, and then move it into the ring. Mm-hmm. Across the aisle in AEW, I think one of the most successful people there is Tony Storm, because Tony Storm has become a character, and everything she does, whether it's promos or in the ring, is consistent with her character. And I think that's where you see disconnect with some folks, where they have a gimmick, they have a shtick, they have something, and then they go in and they wrestle normal. Yeah. Like, no, I need I need something to it. And WWE is at a point right now where they are willing to let guys take big swings and try something different. And when they hit and they 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 find success, uh, a rising tide lifts all boats. R-Truth, perfect example. Alpha Academy, perfect example. You give these these people an opportunity, and they uh, and they deliver, Dom. So I'm excited that they're investing further in Rob Fee. That he's going to get to work with talent and uh, new creative uh, ideas. Always something I'm going to be in favor of. Absolutely, absolutely. It's an intriguing uh, promotion and uh, job title too. So yeah, very much looking forward to seeing what uh, can be more conveyed on WD programming. Uh, Robert, we talked about me steering the ship. Well, I'm going to set full sail here to TNA and talk about the possibility, apparently, of them maybe, maybe, just maybe, moving to Full Sail University uh, for their programming. Uh, Dave Meltzer happened to mention on Wrestling Observer Radio. You know, one of the things that they've been looking at, and this isn't happening anytime soon, but they want to go live. The idea is to go live and have a location where they would go every Thursday, and Full Sail University is one of the places they've talked about. Robert, obviously, Full Sail has a history with pro wrestling when it comes to NXT and really in the heyday, the really rise of NXT, uh, making that kind of connection for TNA. That seems like a pretty darn good move. It's a surprising announcement. I will, I will definitely give them that. I think TNA has found a successful model of late where they go into uh, a town and they were just in new Orleans. You go, you do two days worth of tapings. You get several shows out of it then the rest of that time, your talent can go and work elsewhere. They have the opportunity to go wrestle on indies. They can heal their body. It's very appealing if you're a wrestler and you're told, hey, you only need to work you know, two days a month for, for TNA. You can go do whatever you want to go do elsewhere. And you're going to get a, a, a halfway decent payday and TV exposure. That's a, a similar model that uh, we utilized in MLW. We would do one night of tapings, break that up into four shows. So to hear that they want to move to a weekly basis, number one, it's going to impact how they're using their talent and who they have under contract. Because if I know that I have to be at full sale four times a month, that's that's added trans, that's added cost, or am I going to relocate and move to Orlando? A lot of wrestlers were living there. They moved away over time. Now you're you're pulling them back because there's no dark, dark elevation being taped any further. Uh, it's going to be a challenge for, for TNA from a TV standpoint because now you're increasing your cost fourfold. The whole reason that uh, Scott Demore is not there is TNA said they didn't want to be you know throwing a ton of extra money 
into the TNA product. They were happy with what they were getting now. This is a bit of a uh, a bit of a shock. The the full sale facility, world class facility. They obviously did a great job with NXT for a while. There is a fan base in that region that is conditioned to go to live weekly tapings. It'll be a real shift if this is what they wind up doing. I'm sure they'll be able to make it work, but I'll be surprised if this comes to fruition anytime soon. Yeah, it sounds like, it, if anything, it's going to be a little bit, and maybe what will happen is it just depends on how TNA kind of works out moving forward. Will is will they continue to grow? Will they just uh, plateau? What's gonna, exactly going to happen? But, hey, you mentioned MLW. You mentioned, um, uh, you know, the certain talents and stuff like that. A new talent. Looking to PW Insider reports that TNA is looking to sign former MLW world champion Alexander Hammerstone. Uh, Hammerstone really became the face of MLW. It was him and Jacob Fatu were the two top tier guys. And uh, Hammerstone really uh, created a character for himself, created an identity for himself upon being with MJF and Richard Holiday of the Dynasty. Um, did you happen to cross paths or was this past your time in MLW or what are your thoughts on Hammerstone too in general? I did cross paths while I was there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cause yeah, I, I've got to interview him. So go I, ahead. I like Hammerstone. I think he's, he's, he's talented. He was, he was always a nice guy to work with. Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> I've yes. I'm a big fan of Hammerstone. Uh, I've liked him a lot. I've interviewed him several times. Uh, I think he's got a very, very good attitude, very good mindset for the business. Uh, so I think him, uh, I know he had a match with, uh, Josh Alexander and TNA already. And yes. then he, um, so moving forward, he could very much be a good formidable opponent for somebody like Moose. And I think TNA could really get good usage out of him for sure. Absolutely. So he's a good hand. I know they were happy with him when he had the match with Alexander and, more exposure, more of an opportunity for him to to work on TNA programming. It sounds like a uh, sounds like a good win win. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, hey, you never think uh, they'd uh, win win would be on the side of AEW and WWE, but there's a plagiarism lawsuit going on where they're both uh, <laughs> the uh, attackers are being attacked of it from some guy named Dwayne Wilson. Robert, you want to talk a little bit about this? This is. Quite the case. That was All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up here from our friends at SE Scoops where we are currently streaming. Yep. Um so th this gentleman uh filed a handwritten suit according to uh SE Scoops, uh rife with spelling errors, <laughs> claiming that both WWE and AEW are engaged in plagiarism, um, market damages, product damages, personal damages, and financial damages. Uh, specifically with AEW, Wilson alleges that he had talked with Bullet Club members to join him and that the plan of starting a wrestling company was his plan. Uh, he did not provide clarification, but stated that Bullet Club members stole his plans to create AEW. He is seeking the modest amount of $250 million. He also wants a public apology and full control of AEW. Um, Seems reasonable. I, totally. You know what? I'm glad that he seemingly invented the idea of having another wrestling promotion. Yeah. Nobody would have thought to do that. That's Never. crazy. I think it's brilliant. These sorts of lawsuits happen. Uh, they get 
publicity, especially with WWE, because it is a publicly traded company. And the challenge when you are the attorney for one of these companies is you do have to file a response. You can't just ignore it because if you if you ignore these lawsuits and there's no response whatsoever, you're going to run into all sorts of other problems and issues. They initially got this dismissed uh, using the uh, rules of civil procedure that there was improper service. We are not going down the path of federal rules of procedure. I hated it when I actually had to take the class. Uh, I do not want to have to do it here on a wrestling show. Um, but AEW ultimately did respond uh, with a, a thorough response to the complaint saying that uh, there was no copyright infringement because the, the works were not original works of authorship by Mr. Wilson. Uh, he does not own a registered copyright for anything in which he's claiming copyright infringement for. Uh, any ideas they have were independently developed outside of the confines of Mr. Wilson. These sorts of cases are, are they're thorny, they're tricky. If you have someone that has concrete proof who says, here is a script for a movie that I wrote that is significantly similar to a movie that was made. I had already registered this with the, the Writers Guild. Here is the email and certified letter from when I sent this to you that you signed for it. We've, you've met with me. We've talked about this. And then you go and made a, a, a significantly similar film. And even then, Dom, it's tough to prove. This is, it's a wacky story, but it's one that has picked up a little bit of traction just given the sheer audacity of the ask. I want this apology. I want a quarter of a billion dollars. I want you to give me your company. Skipping uh, your company too on top of it. <laughs> yes. Uh, and and also, you know, uh, I don't want this to be Sting's last match. Maybe let's make that be the... That's not? the caveat. <laughs> Throw it out there. Ask for it. Uh, hell of a show today, man. We ended on a, a high note. <laughs> the crazy lawsuit. Uh, so, uh, Dom... We talked about uh, your, your podcast briefly before. Where can the folks find you for those shows? Absolutely. If you want to find me for Straight Talk with the Boss, which actually just dropped today, the new episode of Bruiser Brody we cover, you can go to GagneAndMagnum.com or just look for Straight Talk with the Boss on your podcast feed of choice. But hey, you know, we also alluded to the RVD podcast, One of a Kind with Rob Van Dam. Uh, yes. I, I did the something. You did the thumb thing. And we talked to Sabu is our special guest. Uh, that just dropped yesterday. Go to rvdtv.com or subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Give us a five-star review for that five-star frog splash. Help us out and do the best you can there. Otherwise, follow me on X at Dominic D'Angelo. Robert, what do you got cooking? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at WWCreative underscore ISH. And we thank you for joining us each and every day, Monday through Friday at noon Eastern. Uh, you can find us on Ad-Free Show's YouTube page, the Rumor and Innuendo YouTube page, the Rumor and Innuendo X account, the Podcast Heat X account, Podcast Heat, the uh, folks who make this show possible, as well as on Dom's page, my page, and the fine folks at SE Scoops that bring you the best frivolous lawsuit wrestling-related news <laughs> you're going to find anywhere uh, I got another podcast called Wrestle Roast that uh, drops every Friday. It's floating around out there. If you catch our show, if you catch Rumor and Innuendo and you're listening to us in audio form, do me a favor, scroll up to the top, give us a five-star review. We we love to see it. Uh, Dom, love getting to see you every day, man. Excited we get to do this tomorrow. So on behalf of the slightly confused-looking Dominic D'Angelo, I'm Robert Karpolis. Best of luck in your future endeavors. Goodbye, everybody.